Hello, it is episode 16, I don't know why that seems so crazy, of the Tata Cancer Podcast. And on today's show, I am going to be interviewing Karina Klein, who is a breast cancer survivor, as well as the founder of an organization called Ink for Pink, which uh, we'll talk all about. And essentially what they do is help women get areola tattoos so um, they can feel whole again after their breast surgeries. So um, she is somebody who lives in the States, but my first Canadian guest. And can I just say, every Canadian person I've ever met totally lives up to this idea that Canadians are just incredibly nice. There's something so sweet and genuine about every Canadian I met. Karina was absolutely no exception. So you're enforcing a stereotype, Karina. (laughs) A good stereotype though. And it was a wonderful conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. Um, If you were listening last week, there was a teaser I know, I left you with a cliffhanger that I have big news to share. And you may, I I did say something about this on a different podcast, but in case you didn't catch me on the Dr. Ellen Albertson's Rock Your Midlife show, I'm moving to Portland. Can you, I, I can't believe it. This was like totally crazy. Well, not crazy, but it was a, something that came out of the blue. I've always wanted to live in Portland. I've always liked Portland. It is really beautiful. I love outdoor activities. I love waterfalls. And um, if I love anything, it is intertubing on a river. And I have a great friend, Christine D'Angelo, who was also on the podcast, and her lovely husband, who's also an incredibly good friend of mine. They are always trying to get me to move. Like, it's pretty much our annual Junie, you should move to Portland thing. It came up this year, and for some reason, the stars aligned. And I'm going to go for it because I am single and unattached to, you know, really much. I mean, it is bittersweet, of course, because I am leaving some lovely, lovely people here. I mean, it's not like I can't and I won't still be friends and I have family here that's probably the hardest part for me is leaving family but there are things called airplanes apparently (laughs) that you can use to come back to a different place and see people that you love and care about and that's what I will be doing but I'm gonna have a new chapter and this new chapter is something I'm extremely excited about So I can't wait to tell you all more, but that's my big news. I don't know how exciting it is for you. (laughs) I mean, if if you follow the podcast, I don't know. I think it's fun. I think it's really fun and exciting. And LA has treated me really, really well this go round because I did live here before. I was always a little bit snooty about it because if you are someone from the Bay Area, at least in the old days, we would kind of look down on LA as being kind of superficial or something. But I love LA. I love the energy in LA. I love the creativity in LA, the ambition. People have dreams and they believe in those dreams. And I think that is just such a wonderful thing. And I was all about it this 
experience and this iteration of my life in Los Angeles. So very, very bittersweet, but I am going to be moving in July. My friends, Michael and Christine are so sweet and they're going to be flying down and then driving back up with me so I don't have to do it alone, which touches my heart because I love being single, but there are things that are really, really difficult to do on your own. And I just, I sometimes I have a hard time asking for help or even thinking to ask for help. And Christine offered to do that. And then Michael jumped on the bandwagon. And anytime you add those two to a mix of things, it's a good time. Shameless plug for them. They have a podcast called So I Married a Sexologist. Highly recommend. Christine is a clinical sexologist. Michael is a comedian. And together they are extremely gifted at discussing sexuality, discussing how to communicate more with your partner, discussing how to enhance your sexual relationship with yourself. And they do it in such a funny way and their dynamic together. They are probably my favorite couple in the whole wide world because they are best friends. They are so funny together and they also have this incredible chemistry and I only hope one day to find somebody that is the Michael to my Christine (laughs) but I love them so much and I'm so grateful that they're gonna drive back up drive up there with me because I don't know if I could do it by myself or I could it just wouldn't be nearly as fun so that's the update on moi Um, Again, I love it when you guys reach out to me. I've been getting messages from you. Super awesome. Nothing changes about my business and about my um, one-on-one coaching if you want nutritional therapy to support you through treatment or survivorship. And, um, you know, if you have hormone issues in general, that is kind of my area of expertise. So I'm still taking one-on-one clients. I am retaining all of my clients. I love you guys. And I'm not going anywhere uh, in a virtual sense, I guess. (laughs) Everything will kind of remain the same. I'll just be up there physically. So yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode and talk to Karina Klein from Ink for Pink. Hello and welcome to the Tata Cancer Podcast, where we will discuss the physical and mental elements of healing from a breast cancer diagnosis. My name is Junie Boucher. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a breast cancer survivor. When you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you're forced to make life-changing decisions with so much information that's really hard to sift through. My intention is to help provide you with the information you need to make a decision that's going to align your body, mind, and heart so that you can live your best life going forward. I'm going to be your new breast friend. Okay, let's do this. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Please always consult with your doctor for any of your medical needs.
So I am super thrilled to welcome Karina Klein, who is the head of Ink for Pink, which uh, we'll be talking all about. Hi, Karina. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So Karina, uh, as we talked about, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, when were you diagnosed? Sure. Um, I was diagnosed April of 2020. So as you can imagine. Oh, wow. Right after the pandemic. Oh my gosh. Um, my story is a little bit, um, interesting. I had, I go for my yearly mammogram in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year I have since I turned 40, um, case in point, January of this time, I went for my third mammogram because I was 43 uh-huh. and I got called back. Obviously every time I obviously get called back. It's like the craziest thing. Do you have dense <laughs> breast tissue? Very dense. Yeah. Um, so they called me back for the right side. Um, it was a cyst. So everything was fine. Went about my life. Um, I've always done self exams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very familiar with my body. I, I, I can't stress that enough when I talk to people now. Um, March, end of March, and in the shower, I was showering and under my left on the side, I'm like, oh, I have a lump. All right, probably a cyst, not thinking anything of it. Um, but I had my physical coming up. So uh-huh. I like, I'll bring it up then. They called to cancel my physical because of COVID. Oh. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I found a lump. Like I know I just had my mammogram, so I wasn't really concerned. Um, they said, well, we'll give it two weeks and we'll see. Because based where you are in your cycle, like sometimes you get these cysts and they go away. I'm like, great. Right. So we did, um, a couple weeks and it didn't go away. So I'm like, okay. So we went in for a uh, mammogram and an ultrasound um, and lying on the table, you know, something's up when they're like, I'm just going to go with the doctor. Oh yeah. Like, you know, it's probably another cyst or something. They're going to tell me that it's like, it's okay. Um, The doctor came in and said, you know, it's it's maybe a fibroid tumor. It's something that they're going to have to biopsy. Wasn't, didn't seem overly concerned. So neither was I. Um, and then I went back to work. Um, I work in banking. So it was right during that PPP push. It was the craziest time oh, in banking. Yeah, it I bet. Unreal. Um, went about my day. The next day, back at work. And the phone rings. And it was the radiologist saying he was wrong. It was breast cancer. And oh, I was wow. like, wow. Like I, those the next more- day they gave you that information. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Crazy. So then I was scheduled to see um, the breast surgeon for the 21st. So a couple days later, about five days, I think it was, I had to wait. So that, that five days was probably the worst because I was like, you didn't know how bad it was. You, right. you weren't sure. Like, am I dying? Like, is it everywhere? Like it was stressful. Um, I have two older children that I didn't want to tell because I didn't know what to say. I'm like, I have breast cancer, but I don't know how bad it is. So yeah. I opted to wait um, to tell them. And we have a pact, the three of us, that we'd never hide anything from each other. So on the Tuesday after I met with my breast surgeon and had all the information, I was triple positive. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, um, invasive ductal carcinoma, like uh, most common. Yeah. Uh, my tumor was 2.3 centimeters. Uh-huh. So, um, I knew going in, I was going to do a bilateral. I like, I like, I'm not going to do this again. 
Uh-huh. And I used to joke, not, not really a joke anymore, but with my husband that one day we're going to have to cut these off because I was very, I was big tested and they were heavy, like, you know, dense breast mm-hmm. tissue. Um, well, I got, I guess I got what I asked for. <laughs> uh, I'm going in like that. If I was ever going to have breast cancer, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to risk it, especially being triple positive. Mm-hmm. And, um, everything is hormone driven. Yes. Scary. So um, I had to go for tests and MRIs and um, my tumor was too close to my pectoral wall that my surgeon, she, I love her, um, mm-hmm. wasn't confident of getting all the margins out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did chemotherapy first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I opted to have a port put in. Everything happened so fast because of COVID because they weren't seeing anybody. So it was like, oh, wow, it was, that makes um, sense had my port put in on a Thursday. I had an echogram on a Friday. I started chemotherapy on that Wednesday. Like it was just go. Um, uh-huh. So it was kind of a blessing because it was so fast. Yeah. Uh, but I did TCHP, which is tax, taxol, carboplatin, perceptin, and progetta. So I did six rounds mm-hmm. of the, t- <laughs> the TC and then um, 14 rounds of Perceptin and Progetta on the, mm-hmm. the, the end part. Um, after my surgery, I had it on September 11th of 2020. Mm-hmm. I chose nipple sparing mm-hmm. um, if it was an option because I wanted to feel like myself um, and just have like, you know, like a shell. I, I call it a shell. Um, so while I was under, it didn't, they did the, the testing. I had you know, nothing spread. So it was very early. Oh, good. Um, and I did test, I was able to do the nipple sparing. So there was no cancer cells. So it was like a safe um, option. Mm-hmm. So went through a surgery, drains, all the good stuff. Oh, the drains. Those are the worst. Yeah. They were the worst. I mean, out of everything, I the drains, I can say, were the worst. Yeah. Um, went for my follow-up appointments. Everything was good. Uh, three weeks later, I got skin narcosis. So my nipple died um, and we had to take, I was back in surgery that night. Like after I sent my plastic surgeon, Uh my, my photo and be like, is this normal? (laughs) What were the symptoms that you had with that? Um, So everything went black um, Mm -hmm. and the silver cream that you put on for healing. I thought it was healing because it was going red, but Mm -hmm. no, I guess that's bad. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just like, all right. Um, so we, I went back into surgery. It was late at night. I, they squeezed me in. Um, and we almost had to use a back flap just because of so much on my right, which my right side was my problem side. And uh-huh. that wasn't, that wasn't my cancer side. My cancer side was like, even to this day is better than my right side, which is okay. But it had the most like issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, didn't have to use my back flap thank goodness like the, the yeah basically they yeah just for people who don't know they take the skin off of the back to kind of reconstruct the breast um yeah and it and they take muscle with that right the scapula mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty because now like you look at surgeries happening they're using like belly fat instead of implants which is yeah uh, amazing a girlfriend of mine had that done and it's like you get a scar, but it's like, it's still your body. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, 
opted for reconstruction. So I had um, expanders put in the first time and then Mm -hmm. my emergency surgery, we had to have smaller expanders put in because like I always tell everybody, I went from a D to a Brazilian B. (laughs) A Brazilian B. I always say Brazilian B because you, you think of those women on the beach, like they're tan, they're like, they, but they got really small <laughs> breasts. And I'm just like, that's me. Like, you know, uh. I've been small chested in my life. So now I can be like, I appreciate it. I can wear these like tank tops that I've never worn. I can wear like, it's just, so there, there's the silver lining in everything I, I try and find. Um. Totally. totally. I, yeah, I told my surgeon, I was like, can you give me like, cute yoga chick boobs. (laughs) I mean, I didn't have very big breasts to begin with, but I was like, can you make them like really cute? (laughs) But, um, I mean, you know, again, this goes back to the, I, I, my, one of my pet peeves, which is like, it's not a free boob job. You know, it's like the worst thing you can ever say to a breast cancer patient, but you know, there is, they do give you a little bit of, um, you know, they give you a little bit of artistic license, I guess you could say, you yeah. know, like they, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I just wanted to go back a little bit, like to talk about the, the nipple, uh, the, the with, so that's something we haven't really talked about on the podcast yet. And when you do a nipple sparing surgery, there is some risk that the nipple won't survive. Because there is, you know, you are cutting off a lot of tissue. So is the blood flow going to keep that alive? So that's a risk. I think it's a very, I remember when I, cause I had a nipple sparing surgery as well. Like that was my biggest fear was because as you described, you know, the, the skin turns black because the tissue dies and how quickly did that happen? Like at what point, like how many days was it that you noticed this? It was about two weeks after, cause I went to my plastic surgeon every week. Cause I had uh-huh. to get my brains out. And then I, the, I used the, they used the vacuum for like faster healing, which is oh, uh, interesting. very interesting. It was an interesting thing. Cause it just like hummed all day. Like, or if you move the wrong way, it would go and it would just like purr. It was oh, uh, like a vacuum have- to like suck out the, the, no, it was just like, or- um, it would just went underneath where your incision was. Uh-huh. Um, it just kept it all dry and clean for like, oh. a, it was, I've oh. ha- I had it both times and it was, it was great. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I knew the risk with the nipple sparing. Uh-huh. Um, it was, yeah, it was my choice. I chose it. Um, sure. You look back and say, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I might've, I probably would have made the same decision um, uh-huh. if, if they would have survived, um, just because uh-huh. it would have just been me and with shell underneath. Yeah. Um, but it but was both nipples or just the one on the right? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Um, the right one was the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of risking the left, um, my, my, my surgeon, my plastic surgeon, who is a dear friend, um, now is, and he's actually on the board for ink. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And he, he's honest with me. It's just, I just didn't want to risk another surgery if I didn't have to. So, um, I left it in his hands and he didn't did what he needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so with two mastectomies, you know, T-Rex arms that you have to like (laughs) keep those for a long period of time. So you don't get the fluid build up. Um, I did say in my second surgery, because I hated the drains so much, um, Mm -hmm. because they came out under the arms and like, 
of the sides and they were the worst. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, can we not have drains? But obviously you have to have drains. Um, yeah. But I, he ended up doing them out the front. Uh-huh. right up and it was a game changer oh yeah because on the side it's like bumping into everything and you're just that's interesting yeah, oh. I came right out the front I have two little uh-huh. scars like you know mm-hmm. I know some people don't I'm like at this point I <laughs> and the scars that you have like just add to the list um, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um so because my arms were twice as long I ended up both my shoulders froze Oh yeah. The frozen so, shoulder. Uh-huh. Still working on one. The other one's almost done, but like, you know, we're talking almost 18 months now. Wow. Yeah. But it's a long time for frozen shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so when about my treatment, uh, my pathology came back, I had three millimeters left um, of cancer cells after my chemo. Um, my oncologist, we tried Catsila um, on the back end. After all my surgeries, I did four rounds of Catsila to finish my treatment uh, May of 2021. Mm-hmm. So, um, I were you able to, sorry to interrupt, but, um, I had just, I recently interviewed a bunch of women who are a group of women that had to go through treatment during COVID. Were you able to bring anybody to chemo with you? Yeah. You, you had to bear, brave that alone. Yeah. Um, that, and like the border. So I'm Canadian. Um, my whole, oh. my whole family's up in Canada. So, going through cancer my kids because the borders were shut down so they watched my cancer we did family zoom every sunday Uh Um, it was my mom my two kids my dad my brother um so they watched everything every sunday like change like going from first treatment to the very very last all through surgeries um my husband couldn't come he had to drop me off and then me up um, he did was able to come after my first mastectomy um, for two hours. The hospital let him in um, just because like, yeah. it was nice. But I we understood why it was just it was very very hard. He was able to come to one treatment with me because after my surgery because he couldn't use my arms, so I needed a caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was yeah going through treatment, sitting there for like seven hours a day. It was just. Um, it was lonely, um, but you end up talking to people around you. I like met a lot of other people that we were all sitting there by our, by ourselves. Uh-huh. Felt bad for the nurses because usually they have you have a companion to keep you busy, and they just kept to try and keep you like comfortable and happy. And um, but lucky for the team that we have in this area, so I just I can't stand out for them. So um, you were able to bond with other patients and. Uh, yeah, not even, they weren't even breast cancer patients. There were just mm-hmm. people, I, I would talk to anybody <laughs> in the uh-huh. infusion center because um, like, why not? Sure. Uh, uh, I also didn't stop. I brought my laptop. I worked. I'm, I'd rather sit there and work than sit there and dwell on like, and feel sad. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I think that helped me through everything. I didn't take any time off of work through wow. any, except for the two weeks that I had to after my surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be longer but I'm like I just work on a computer I just type email like can I just work because it just it just keeps your mind busy mm-hmm. um, and it made things go faster mm-hmm. um, and then January I opted for an oophorectomy mm-hmm. um, because uh, ovaries and estrogen I'm just like all right so I talked to my um, gynecologist she's like yep she was right on board with me although years ago I asked her if I could voluntarily do it because <laughs> I just <laughs> 
like, can you donate my uterus? <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, had reconstruction in February. And yeah, last treatment, May 5th of 2021. But uh-huh. with going from having nipples to not having nipples, mm-hmm. that is totally um, an eye-opener. It's... Uh-huh. I am, I've never been one to shy away from much. I, I feel that I'm very confident. Um, mm-hmm. That really did a number on me. It really? Like looking in the mirror. Um, it was like looking at somebody. That it, I wasn't looking at myself. It was yeah. very, um, I don't want to say sad because it wasn't sad. It was just um, surreal, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. I look like I always refer to it as a Barbie doll. Like mm-hmm. growing up, that's all you see is the Barbie with the like the the breasts, but no nipples. Um, yeah. And it really did a number on me. Um, I was like, I would shy away. Usually, I'm like very open. I don't. I like you know. I wore baggy clothes. I just covered everything. Um, and then I didn't even know that the nipple tattooing portion wasn't really something that was talked about or really people don't really know about it. I didn't know about it. I was just like, oh, my surgeon informed me like, you know, when you're done, this is what we're gonna do. And I'm like, great. Um, So I was on Facebook and um, one of the tattoo places in our area, um, she's a breast cancer survivor herself, Mm -hmm. had posted somebody donated money to um for somebody to get their nipples done mm-hmm. why would somebody donate money like i don't understand <laughs> um so i'm like oh i should call my insurance so i called my insurance and i explained like you know i want to go to this place to get my nipples done and the lady on the phone said oh no that's not covered that's it's considered cosmetic because it's a tattoo parlor like i decided to go to right. a and i'm just like what do you mean it's not covered she's like it's cosmetic I'm like well, what's cosmetic about it I said I was born with nipples and now I don't have nipples and now <laughs> I want so mm-hmm. um so it got me thinking and I'm just like this is not fair mm-hmm. I went to bed and I dreamt of this whole thing how it came to be was this dream that this is what I'm going to do I'm going to make it so women men anybody that goes through something like this it's not going to be financially restraining for them. They can mm-hmm. afford it. Um, I know like if somebody wants a butterfly or like a mural on the chest, <laughs> insurance probably will never cover that. Mm-hmm. But there's hope. I mean, you have to voice. Um, we'll force change. And you got to start small. Um, so I talked to, I pitched to Dr. Wilson, plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. And this, he's like, let's do it. Like, so um, I reached out to people that I thought would be great for the board and we just come together and um, so <laughs> filed the paperwork and was like, okay, let's see where this takes us. Uh-huh. And because of COVID, everything was backlogged with the IRS to get oh, your status. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you know, we'll just <laughs> do whatever. Um, got our letter in September of 2021 saying we were approved, but the date on that letter backdated was 5-5-21. And that was the last day of my treatment. Oh, wow. I was just like, you know what? There had to be a reason I got 
like, you know, I, in my mind, I have to say that, like, there had to be a reason I, I was diagnosed with cancer. Maybe it is to help other women mm-hmm. um, go through this or fight for what they think is going to make them feel whole because I, it shouldn't be up to anybody but the person going through it. It's mm-hmm. not up for me to decide if a nipple or if, like, you know, a flower or something is going to make you feel whole again. It's, it shouldn't be decided. Mm-hmm. Um, on anything financial so, so formed what it. is what is a what is a nipple tattoo typically cost like I'm um, sure it varies but it does vary based on the places um so we partnered with um so there's a difference there's medical tattooists that they can accept insurance a lot mm-hmm. of them are out of network or the ones that we partner with they fight with insurance quite a bit mm-hmm. um, because, you know, insurance doesn't want to cover anything. Um, so um, their prices ranged from 700 to a thousand, I'm saying for like a pair. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. and that's not cheap to anybody. No, no. Um, so it's, it's like somebody's like car payment or like a grocery, it's just a bill or a money that shouldn't be out of pocket of anybody that went right. through this cancer. Um, so we formed the board and we, we're just newly, so we do have to like, they're like, Franny, you got to start small. Like, I know. Um, so right now we're doing the areola and the nipple tattooing as Mm -hmm. we grow. We haven't had a request yet for anything other. So, Mm -hmm. um, but it is in the future of ink for pink that we're going to cover the tattooing and then scar camouflaging because of these new procedures that are being done, like using body parts, you're getting scars like across your, like hip to hip or Mm -hmm. on your back. Um, And so that eventually we want to cover, but you know, you got to start somewhere and then, and grow into that. (laughs) Does insurance cover anything in terms of nipple reconstruction? Cause I feel like when my reconstruction was discussed, I know it was mentioned that they can actually create like a nipple by pulling other tissue. And that typically, I know at least in the States, like, you know, reconstruction and and revisions are all covered by your insurance. But um, so like, can they create the actual nipple and then you go get the areola tattoo or... You can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, My case, I didn't have enough skin to create the nipple just because of, so mine are flush, like mine are just Uh weed. Um, But yeah, they can create the, I call it the little nub. Yeah. (laughs) That is the nipple. And then they create the the areola around it. Um, Uh That is covered by insurance. It depends Uh though. Um, We just assisted um, a woman that had it done, had the, the nipple and the areola done at her hospital, mm-hmm. um, but she reached out to us because it was not done very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and she just couldn't look in the mirror, so she mm-hmm. reached out to us. Um, our tattoo partner that we used, um, she is out of network for her, so her mm-hmm. insurance said number one, you had it done already, and number two, it's out of network, so declined it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we worked within. Um, the board and with our tattoo partner she actually got done on sunday so and we posted it 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 looks beautiful i mean she was so happy and that's what it's all about for me like i mean it it shouldn't come down to like where you are 
who's your insurance? And let's face it, a lot of people don't even have insurance. So Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Yeah. And that's, that's the big part. Like right now we are helping women that women and men, I I don't want to always say women because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of men that are being diagnosed with breast cancer. It's not as much as women, um, Mm -hmm. but um, in the area we live, I live in New Hampshire. Um, there's a big uptick. There is so many really? young women being diagnosed. Like, I mean, I can't even tell you, I don't even remember before I got diagnosed, anybody that had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And now I, I know like a bazillion people that have it. Like it's, it's interesting. And I, I often wonder if it's early detection mm-hmm. because uh, we're now 40 doing mammograms versus 50. Um, I, I don't know. I did the genetic testing. Mm-hmm. I was negative for all 49 markers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, something, there's something in the water. maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, most of the women I know have been diagnosed with hormone positive breast cancer, like myself or you. And I really think it's stress levels, you know, food quality, like hormone imbalance, honestly, I mean, as a, as a nutritional therapy practitioner, almost every woman that walks into my practice has signs of hormone imbalance because it's very hard not to, in such a stressful day and age. And, you know, when the body's out of whack, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of women just in the last couple of months that have been diagnosed and, and it's younger and younger. Yeah, yeah. I'm noticing that too. It's not just a thing that happens to women after menopause anymore. And I'm so happy that there are more resources continuously popping up mm-hmm. for the, the younger woman experience. Cause like even your organization, you know, some women who are a bit older, maybe they've been married for decades or, you know, they're just like, I don't really care about, you know, having nipples or even getting reconstruction. But if you're younger, um, and you know, maybe, you know, not married, or even if you are married, it's, I think that body image piece is still really important. Um, so I think it's amazing what you're doing and it, I've seen photos of these tattoos and it is crazy how, how real they look. They are amazing. Some of the, like, it's like night and day. I remember the day I got mine done. Like I, like I, I went to a tattoo parlor. I went to um, Five Monkeys in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Um, mm-hmm. Tagan, she is the one that did my nipples. I, I went there for many reasons. One, she's a breast cancer survivor, mm-hmm. and she is an artist. Like that's her craft. She's yeah. like a tattooist. Um, so I chose to go there, and I and beyond happy with the results I have. Like it was like night and day. Um, I'm like very confident. I look in the, I just stare in the mirror sometimes and I'm just like, wow, like these are great. Like you see scars, but I don't see the scars anymore. I just see my new body. Like, cause it mm-hmm. is, it's like this 43 year old stranger that I never knew. And now I have to know, <laughs> I have to know this new person. Like, I mean, it's, it's weird like clothes fit differently I mean menopause like let's talk about oh my gosh yeah mm-hmm. 45 years old full-blown menopause it's crazy yeah with the oophorectomy you must have instantly gone into menopause yeah I was chemically put in um, mm-hmm. when I started chemotherapy and then mm-hmm. um I didn't want to keep doing the chemo Lupron was the worst thing in mm-hmm. the world 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, it's hormone. I mean, just take it. I was trying to prevent everything possible of reoccurrence because mm-hmm. I was just, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, and then, I mean, my whole journey, the one thing that made me cry was my hair falling out. Like I mm-hmm. was so attached to my hair mm-hmm. uh, and I look back and I'm just like, it's normal. And I think it's because people would know I was sick. Yeah. The more I think thought back and I'm just like, now I'm just, I'm not tied to it at all. Uh-huh. Nope. I'm like, keep it short. It's happy. It's like, did you uh, have long hair before chemo or uh, I had like both shoulder length, but uh-huh. it was like, it was like blonde and like very, it was very upkept. I, I uh-huh. like love my hair. Uh-huh. I absolutely love my hair now. Like my, although tomorrow I'm going platinum. So I was another joke with my I'm like well, my hairdresser and I for 12 years I said you know what one day I'm gonna shave my head I'm gonna go blonde like just full on so we're gonna attempt it tomorrow just the top yeah how it turns out if I don't like it I'll shave it off I don't care yeah, that's mm-hmm. fun well and if you go platinum because I've been I've been platinum as well I'm a natural brunette like you yeah, once you go platinum you can like go anything because exactly. you can go purple you can go pink you can you yeah, know, well, you can do whatever you want. We're doing an icy gray, I think, just Ooh. on the top. So I'm keeping the side shaved. Uh huh. Um, and then I'll just go. I'm like, you know what? We got to let you live one life. And mm-hmm. I tell you, after cancer, I live it to its fullest. I did before, but now it's like this whole other um, level. I mean, yes. Yes. You don't, I, you don't know. You don't know what's good tomorrow. You don't, none of us do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I'm just like with it. Don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Just do what you can and be a good person. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm hoping, and I always, everybody's like, hey, you have enough on your plate, like banking, a bunch of companies like me and my husband own. And I'm just like, well, when I leave this earth, at least with ink, maybe I did something well. Like, it's like that's absolutely that was my piece of doing it and, and giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't have anybody to talk to when I was going through cancer because I didn't know anybody. Um, but oh, and, and because we we're in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So I've made um, a lot of friends that mm-hmm. have gone through the journey. Like, I mean, my, I always told my surgeons, they know if anybody has questions, they can just give my phone number because I am an open book. There mm-hmm. is not a question I will not answer. There's not a picture I will not show you. Like, I mean, <laughs> it is full on. And you have to be like that. If I am opening myself up um, to ink and what mm-hmm. it is and what it stands for, there's nothing. I can't shy away from anything. So so this isn't, you You run the ink in addition to a, a full-time job? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I work for Newburyport Bank. <laughs> wow, that's um, amazing. I love my job. Um, I love what I do. It's all about relationships. And I think that's like where everything falls for me is a relationship. Mm-hmm. I always tell people you can bank anywhere. Uh, we all have the same stuff. It comes down to the, the relationship and what you build with your customers. Um, and I take pride in what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've been with them nine years and they were amazing through my journey. Mm-hmm. COVID nobody I didn't actually didn't tell anybody I had cancer because we were all at home anyways <laughs> oh so, wow yes until they were like okay we're going back to the office like other than my boss and HR like I mean like uh, and my friends that uh-huh. knew but yeah it was pretty low key and then I made an announcement in August just before my last treatment to like my not my close circle but friends and acquaintances and my work people so it was 
it was good. But I think I needed to do that because I needed to focus yeah. um, on on getting through um, chemotherapy. Like, I mean, that was the worst. Everybody's yeah. like, would you do chemo or surgery again? And I would do surgery 10 times over. <laughs> I would do surgery over and over again versus um, that. But yeah. um, I'm alive. I mean, I, I'm hoping I'm good. Um, we don't know for sure. Like, we, nobody ever knows. Um, yeah, that's the hard part, I think, is that there's so many... The, you're given all these different options in your situation. Sometimes you have to make these choices really quickly. Um, and, and then there's no guarantees, you know, nope. and, and there's no guarantees even afterwards, even after you've beaten it. I mean, that's, that's kind of why I started on this path because it was like, Oh, the survivorship piece. I mean, it's a whole nother mind like trip, you know, it's, I mean, there's getting through treatment and then there's the rest of your life and how, you know, who holds your hand that way and nav helps you navigate these choices because it's very different. But so since you had the oophorectomy, do you have to take any kind of hormone blockers or probably not? Right. Yeah. I'm on letrozole for five years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, which has its own aromatase inhibitor. Yeah. Oh boy. It has its own set, like, you know, joint pain and, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Hot flashes. Oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are the worst. I'm like being a girl sometimes really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know when we... you're a teenager and you start your menstrual cycle for, then you're like older and you go through menopause. I'm like, come on. Like what? In I know. World? Right. It never, it feels like it never ends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and do you, did you make like, um, I always like to ask people, you know, did you, did you make changes to your diet or do you? Um, I've always, me and I, we've always lived a pretty healthy lifestyle. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, we do like, we do Sunday night through Thursday. We do low carb. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't eat meat. We haven't mm -hmm. eaten meat in like 15 years my husband oh, okay. had a piece of meat um we do seafood so we're pescatarian mm -hmm. I guess mm -hmm. um and then on Friday is pizza night and then Saturday uh -huh. is date night like we do um a restaurant or we'll go out like we'll have a cheat day uh -huh. um I was an avid gym goer I my gym is like my second home uh -huh. um, I was there every day multiple times a day usually like um doing cycles strength classes um I honestly feel like my gym is mission. Uh, it's mission Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. uh, if I wasn't in the shape I was in going into cancer, I might've had a harder time. I'm not saying it was easy, Yeah. but the shape that I was in, my body was able to handle things a lot more. And I'm so thankful for that. And yeah. I couldn't wait to get back. But now I've realized that I'm not going to get back to what I was before because things are different. My bones move different. My, my mm -hmm. arms move different. It's just the weight's different. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like menopause, you, you put on weight. I'm just like, what is this? I've never been like, I'm not heavy, but I've never been this heavy in my life. Mm -hmm. And there's really not much you can do um, other than clean eating. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's another set of, things that we have to go through on the other end that people eat they don't realize because yeah. they think you're done and I don't honestly think we'll ever be done yeah yeah 
there's a whole new set of, of challenges that you go through and yeah. And and just, just dealing with like the way that the shape of your body changes, you know, um, yeah, that can be, that can be tough. Um, are you doing like, do you, are you able to exercise now? Like what types of exercises are you doing now? I'm back at the, I'm back at my gym. Um, I do cycle. I, Mm -hmm. they have a variety of classes, yoga, Pilates, Mm -hmm. strength classes. So I, I try and dapple in all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them I have to modify still, um, just because like, I can't lift the weight that I used to weight. So I use little weights, Mm -hmm. um, cycling my legs don't spin as fast as they used to it's like <laughs> the smallest things but I still go and do it and I, mm-hmm. I push myself and I think that's I, I push myself out of my comfort zone I was mm-hmm. babying a little bit for now I'm just like getting back into it and be like you know what no I'm in control mm-hmm. and this is where it's gonna go but I mean we used to me and my girlfriends used to go and do three classes back to back wow and the and same day now, same day in the same like three hours we'd be like two cycles in a strength class or oh my gosh um yeah I can't even get through like one class now without like literally dying I did one on Saturday (laughs) it's like a a full body class that I had not done one pre-cancer like because I was Mm -hmm. just I was afraid to do it I I don't I didn't know if my body could move and there was puddles everywhere and I'm looking around I'm like well everyone nobody else sweating like I I thought I was gonna die but it was, it was great. Um, and I couldn't move for two days after because it was back. <laughs> it was just, so I'm happy. Like, I mean, that's the lifestyle I've always lived. I very mm-hmm. active, very healthy for the most part. Like, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I don't throw down a bag of chips once in a while. Cause I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, perfection's not, perf- no. yeah. That like, you gotta, you gotta have a balance and yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I love yeah. Being active and healthy is very, it's, it's key. I, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and I so with the organization, um, so you guys, how do people, I mean, how do people apply for assistance? Um, so on our website, um, inkforpink.org, um, we have a request help page. Uh-huh. Um, we've partnered with um, tattoo partners right now while we grow. Um, uh-huh. because our goal is to branch out hopefully to every state and uh-huh. have a branch of us in every state so people can, um, not just in the seacoast of the United States, request help from us, but uh-huh. anybody um, request help. Um, but it's through our website they, or our par- tattoo partners. Mm-hmm. If they have somebody seeking help and they know that they could use our assistance they refer us to to us so it's a it's a partnership Mm -hmm. um eventually when we can open it up to anybody and everybody like i mean we'll have more tattoo partners we'll have people that can do like like bras like tattoo a bra on like some of them are gorgeous oh like tattoo literally make a bra tattoo it is so amazing. Oh, I did a 5k for another breast cancer organization in our area. And, um, I came across the finish line. We all wore ink for pink shirts cause we weren't legal mm-hmm. then. So we figured we'd as well just say we're coming and this is what we'll do. So a group of us, like there was about 20 of us, um, wore ink for pink shirts across the line. And there's this woman at this finish line and she's like, ink for pink. What is that? And mm-hmm. I told her, I'm like, Oh, we're going to, we want to assist 
women and men that have breast cancer to feel whole again in their body, whether it be a tattoo or a nipple or whatever they feel fit. And she dropped her shirt down and she's like, like me, she had a <laughs> whole chest done. Oh, wow. It was, it was like different mural. It was gorgeous. Um, but it must've been older because it was like faded a little, but it was mm-hmm. gorgeous. And I'm just like, see, that's, that's totally you. So mm-hmm. um, I just, I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that should be anybody's choice, but the person that just, just fought the battle they fought. Mm-hmm. So um, you, at this time you cover which areas are covered like um, in states? Um, so we right now are, so Portland, Maine, uh-huh. Boston, Massachusetts. So anywhere okay. in between. So we, um, we're in, uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire is probably the best description of us. I live in Rye, New Hampshire, um, but Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and then up the seacoast, mm-hmm. um, as we get bigger and grow, we want obviously to open that up to more and more, um, states, which is, it's key. I mean, yeah. my, goal, my vision is us. Like I want everybody, mm-hmm. anybody, any state to, if they need financial assistance, just find us so we can help. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people put it off. We find like a lot of, because it's that extra money. Yeah. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. And are the tattoo artists donating their time or is it mainly that you're getting these financial contributions or both? Um, it's their time. It's, probably both i mean like mm-hmm. we are you know we make we have a contract um that we say we will pay this amount of dollars for mm-hmm. a set of nipples or one some women like you know just have one done because they mm-hmm. only have one breast um a girl from a girlfriend of mine has one nipple saved and she had to have one removed and she, so she got um the areola and tattoo done on one side and they look exactly the same like well no mm-hmm. nipple is the same but they they're very symmetrical Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but so we have a set price that when we bring on a tattoo partner um that they sign off on and we compensate that way um, so it's a it's a win-win I mean yeah um they do need like you know their supplies are expensive their time is like sure. like you know it's their time um but then we want these men and women to feel uh, like themselves like they mm-hmm. feel it's just night and day I can I cannot explain the difference looking mm-hmm. in the mirror with nothing and then looking in, in with like 3d nipples like mine were technically 3d they were just like they're perfect I was just yeah. like yeah my husband it, like he'd be like put your shirt back on like, why this is so <laughs> <laughs> you're just, just walking around yeah just there, like look in the mirror like look at this like oh like this looks good um but it's yeah and but the smaller um, implants or the smaller chest, it's it's like I'm a new person. Yeah, that I I'm learning to grow in love, um, mm-hmm. taking a little bit. Yeah, that's a process too. It is trying to get that wrapped around your mind, like you know, this is you. Forty three year old me and beyond, it's gone. Like mm-hmm. that part is gone. Um, it's now just changing and adapting to. Um, when I'm excited to see where I go from here, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure yourself and everything you, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, yeah. What's, what's coming next? Or am I in the clear or you get like a something move and you're like, Oh boy. 
<laughs> yeah, it always, I think anytime you have a, any health scare or even like recently, I think with the time change, I've just been like a little bit more low energy. So I'm always like, Oh God, <laughs> uh, why am I, why am I so low energy? And it's like, well, you're, you know, there's a several reasons why you're the time change. I mean, we should yes. just be on like the set time forever. I hate time. Oh change. yeah. No, I, uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I like that it's bright like I can actually go for a walk after dinner. That's one of my favorite things to do, but, um, you know, it doesn't get dark at like 5 PM, but, um, but still, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, it just, everybody's body just when, when the seasons change and, and all that good stuff. And I'm in California, so we don't have much in terms of seasons, but okay. Well, today uh, it was like winter out there. It's like, it was gorgeous for the last week. And then to yesterday, and then today was so cold. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm how cold, how cold is it? Um, oh, I do Celsius. So my, oh. it was minus eight. Um, so I don't know what it would be in Fahrenheit. So I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. <laughs> Uh, um, so, so, you know, as, as we're kind of wrapping, wrapping up a little bit, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to link to the show notes. I'll link to your social media page, but I love that your goal is to expand and, um, you know, I, I, I would encourage anybody who, I mean, can, can anybody donate to, to the organization? Yeah. Like absolutely. what an yes. amazing organization to donate to. Um, and I mean, are like, what, what do you feel? I like to ask people this question, but what do you feel like one of the big lessons that, that cancer taught you? Like, how did it change you? Um, to slow down mm. and just to appreciate everything in your life. Mm -hmm. um and like and not sweat the small stuff like I I usually run zero to 60 like every day of my life because I'm just all over the place um but just to slow down and appreciate the people in your life I mean I mm -hmm. know going I'm not sure when you went through but I found out like true friends yeah some of my friendships dwindled and some of my friendships that I didn't think were like anything but acquainted like became stronger yeah. Um, so it's just, and just love life. I mean, that is, it, you only have one of them. So just live it. And that's what I tell everybody. Like, you know, if you're afraid to do something, do it anyways, because you yeah. don't know unless you try, um, because you don't know what you're going to face tomorrow mm -hmm. within the next hour. Just, I live every day to its fullest. Yeah. Walking through fear. I yeah. think just to yeah, I, I, that is one of the gifts I think of cancer is being like, you know what? Like, if I don't do this, then yeah, I, I might never know. And and I, you know, I was yeah. already kind of like that, but now I feel like I am really, really <laughs> like that. <laughs> you're already like, oh, you know, I'll do that next week, or I'll do. I'm like, you know what? No, I, I'm going to do it now. Um, yeah. We're just yeah. going like, to just appreciate and give a lot of love out there. Like, you know, put love out in the universe. I mean, it's it's a healer, positive vibes, heals. Um, I mean, of course we all have negative thoughts sometimes, especially when you're in the, the thick of it. Um, um, but don't let those eat at you because it doesn't help. I believe positivity heals. Um, mm -hmm. and if you can look for the silver lining in everything that you're facing, it's very, um, rewarding. Uh, yeah. I find. 
I like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like what you're focusing on is sort of what's going to expand. I mean, but that's not to say that you should deny feelings or, you know, (laughs) avoid feeling them, but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, there, there is always something you can be grateful for. I think what's that saying? You can scream and cry as long as you pick yourself up. Yes. That's what you do. <laughs> I'm like, and we've all done it. Even pre-cancer. I mean, like, it's not just cancer, anybody. Like, you know, if you're if you're having yeah. a bad day, have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Then learn from it and move on and you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is life. We just have to, it's a lesson. Every day is a lesson. Totally. No, I could <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Well, I, I thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about this and also just, you know, following this vision that you had. Uh, that's amazing what you're doing. I think it's going to help a lot of people. It sounds like you've already helped a lot of people and, you know, just helping women and men find peace with their bodies is really, really important. Um, so I, I'm grateful that you are out there in the world. Thank you. I appreciate you having us on. Like, I mean, it's, it's great to help us spread the word because absolutely, is, yes. that's what it's all about. Like, I mean, getting what we do out there, what you do out there, like, it's amazing. Your podcast, I listen to it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm and so happy. To I'm hear like, that. Usually I'm on Spotify and I'm listening to music and I'm like, oh, I'm going to check out that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, this is great. Um, so thank you for what you do. Oh, well, you, you, you're welcome. I, yeah, I think we, it's such a wonderful community of people, you know, cancer survivors, they, there is a, a running thread for a lot of us of just (laughs) positivity and uh, wanting to give back to the community and also just kind of, yeah, trying to share resources So, um, so I, I just love collaborating with people like you and, um, yeah. You might see California one day. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hope so. Gosh, I really hope so. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. I think, I think this is a, a really fantastic organization that I can't see people not being able to get behind, you know, so. So, I mean, our hearts are in the right place and this is just, and we speak from it. Like I can speak Mm -hmm. anything that we, we, we represent. Yeah. I know you said this is your first podcast appearance and you've done such a good job. I was thinking about this too. I was like, I wonder if she's going to be really nervous, but you're so um, poised and, and personable. I think people are going to really enjoy, um, you know, getting to know you and, and hearing about ink for pink. So, you know, that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the recording, but I will make sure that all the information is here and thank you again so thank much. You. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, how cool is Karina? <laughs> Seriously? I love her. She is awesome. I am so grateful that I get to do this and meet incredible people who just out of the goodness of their heart, feel compelled to do something to give back to others. And I fully believe in her vision, and I expect to see this expanding nationwide, who knows, maybe worldwide. I believe in your vision, Karina, and I appreciate you sharing it with us and being such a wonderful, you know, really genuine spirit. So 
thank you again for being on the show. If you want to find Karina, she is on Facebook and Instagram, um, Ink for Pink, at Ink for Pink. Uh, the website is Ink, the number four pink.org. So everything is the number four, Ink, the number four pink. And yeah, she they are taking donations if you want to donate. You can also request assistance. Again, it is on the seacoast, so in Portland, Maine, and the New Hampshire area. If you go to the website, you can get specifics on that. And I just wanted to clarify, I think I might have said in the intro that they help women do this, but as Karina mentioned in the interview, this is not just for women. This is really for any breast cancer patient that is looking for a tattoo to help them reclaim their body and it doesn't have to be a nipple it can be it can be anything they've really kept an open mind about this so Karina you are incredible we support you and I wish you so much success and um, yeah for anybody who is enjoying this podcast please leave a review I wish I could say this is my job that I get paid for but I don't and that's fine I I love doing this it's it's really like one of the highlights of my life but in order for us to help others find the podcast if you leave a review so if you leave a rating you can do that it's like one touch thing it really helps to leave an actual written review if you have a second to do that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those things. And you can find me at juniebewell.com, at juniebewell on Instagram, at juniebewell on TikTok, and uh, LinkedIn as well, Junie Boucher NTP. And that's me on Facebook as well, Junie Boucher NTP. I, like I said in the beginning, I am taking clients still, even though I'm moving to Portland and it is my honor and my privilege to work with you and I would be happy to walk this path with you if you would like some nutritional support through your treatment or survivorship. So come find me on social media if you want to say hi or go to my website if you want to inquire about working together. I do a free 20-minute consult call. And yeah, there's a lot of free resources there as well. The Breast Cancer Grounding Kit, if you've just been diagnosed, as well as the Self-Love Dance Party Playlist, which is sort of my little, I love that freebie. It's just when you need to find a way to move, feel good, you need like a hype person to get you back in your body and feeling more positive. You can find me on Insight Timer, free guided meditations, and the Tamoxifen Facts and Feelings Workbook, which helps you talk to your doctor about side effects, your concerns, and kind of if you are on the fence about taking Tamoxifen, helping you gather some information to make the right decision for you. So we will be back, I will be back in two weeks with another episode And thank you so much for listening. I am wishing you well. Bye now.